0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. Do you feel like
2: I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivate. Motivate. Sky high. Sky high. Rock's dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Feel all right now, and we do feel all right, uh, even if it is a little damp outside, and damp might be underestimating what it's doing. But we do feel good, and we have a very special guest that you just heard from uh, a few seconds ago, and that's Colonel Retired Mike Mizell is in our studio today, and he's going to be talking about a subject that's uh, near and dear to my heart, because... A lot of lot of friends are on that, and that's the Healing Wall that's coming to Johns Creek. Actually, it's in Johns Creek already, and they're uh, turning it into uh, quite a thing. And it's the uh, the Healing Wall is the half size replica of the Vietnam Wall in Washington D.C. And Mike has been totally instrumental in bringing that to Johns Creek, Georgia, and. What it's going to mean to uh, the area is, and the stories that we've already heard about it. Now, this is the wall that traveled all over the United States, and... uh I don't know. Mike, welcome to America's Web Radio. Thanks for coming back in and talking about it. Uh, You've got a big date coming up in March. How many states did this particular wall travel to? Do you know offhand?
1: Honestly, I don't know how many states it's traveled through, but uh, I I would think that it's probably hit the vast majority of of the states. Uh, It's been traveling the country for for over ten years. Uh, They now have a three-quarter scale model that's traveling the country. Uh, the half-scale model that we have is the one that we brought to Johns Creek back in uh, March and April of 2017, and we had it there for three and a half days. Then we found out that it was being retired uh, and would, it would be used by the foundation in Washington, D.C. as a fundraiser. So we got into that battle, and uh, with some very generous donors, we were able to purchase it and bring it home to Johns Creek, and we've had it in storage. Uh, started the groundbreaking event in July of last year, and really got off the ground in September, starting with the concrete foundations that we put in place. Who who came up with the idea of a traveling wall? Do you yeah. know, all I saw something this morning. I was looking at one of the Vietnam Veteran Memorial Fund sites, and they have a number of different videos you can go to. There was a, a Vietnam-era sergeant, uh, era sergeant uh, or actually a, uh, he was in Vietnam, but uh, he started the foundation group uh, back in the early, I think it was early 80s. Uh, that they got started on the idea of, of having a wall in D.C. There was a, a, a great deal of controversy uh, with some Congress members, uh, whether it was coming out of the ground. Somebody, Some people thought it was disrespectful, and but it was intended to show the honor and the gallantry of the men and women that served in uniform that actually served in Vietnam. Uh, so I'm glad they got all those issues ironed out, and we've got that, that great uh, monument up in the D.C. area. You know,
2: and I, I make it perfectly clear uh, anytime I'm, anytime we're talking Vietnam, I did not serve in Vietnam. I had a number of friends that did. I was in the what they call now the Vietnam era. I, I served during that time, but I did not serve in Nam. But so many friends did, and um, the wall. You know, I, I went to the wall in D.C. and. It's what you all are doing is just a most admirable thing, and will uh, this will go from friends like myself and then it'll trickle down to grandkids and great grandkids and oh yeah, I remember I heard about a family member named so and so that uh you know, they'll keep looking them up and for now and forever. And uh, it's even like when I go to Savannah and some of the little uh, squares that they have with monuments from the Civil War and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's interesting to see your name, uh, General So-and-so, you know. Was, well, that must have been my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather or something, you know. Yeah. And uh,
1: But I, I think the healing wall beautiful name that will last forever well you know the the beauty of that is if you you come and i would encourage people come to newtown park it's uh the address is 3125 old alabama road it's at newtown park and it's right across the street from fire station 63 in john's creek but in our um our uh, center park area where, where we're located there is a placard there and it was a uh, Comment from Heather Birch, who's the author of One Lavender Ribbon. And it says this on that placard I make a promise, and this was from a letter written by a gentleman in World War II. I make a promise to the men who are serving beside me I will never forget you. I will never forget what you gave. I have no way to honor these men save this I will tell their story to my children and my grandchildren, and I will tell of their heroic deeds, and because I will, a part of them will live forever. What other gift can I give? Mm. What a beautiful thing to say. And then that we can add to our memorial uh, that already exists there, that we can add the half-scale model of the traveling wall uh, for the Vietnam-era soldiers, the Vietnam soldiers that that served, men and women both, uh, because, you know, there's eight nurses' names that are on that wall that that, uh, made the ultimate sacrifice in Vietnam as well. So we plan to have this there. The, the opening ceremony is on the 28th of March, as indicated before. We now have a time locked in at 10. If the weather continues to cooperate a little bit so we can do without some of this rain, that's been a real showstopper for us for quite a bit of time now.
2: You know, Mike, uh, and I mean this very sincerely as a compliment, you've turned the uh, an aircraft carrier around in the bathtub, and what I mean by that is, there was so much hostility towards Vietnam, and it was, you know, it was tried to. They tried to compare it to a Korea as another policing action, and I, I'm not sure that anybody ever totally has grasped what we were doing there, or even the government, uh, for sure. That uh, we heard all sorts of reasons and this and that and all this, but you know, when when friends came back from vietnam they weren't exactly greeted as heroes and no, no. Uh, uh, it was a sad sad scenario for our country and yet with what you've done that's why i feel like you've turned the aircraft carrier around in the bathtub and and you are honoring those that gave the ultimate sacrifice but you're not only doing that you're also saying listen up folks there are people still protecting us. There are people still raising their right hand to protect you, your ideas, and your thoughts for the future. And uh, you're, you're, you're not just remembering the past, but you're also building the future with what you're doing.
1: Well, that's part of what the Johns Creek Veterans Association is all about, because there wasn't a, a Veterans Foundation in Johns Creek until we started that one in 2012. But that's a, a big part of our focus is looking forward to uh, young men and women that are still putting the uniform on, going around the country and finding or going around the world, literally, and finding ways to support them, not not only them as they are serving us overseas, but help look out for their families back here because that's part of the that military mindset and military family, uh, if you will, and that camaraderie that develops that I don't think anybody else outside the military really understands.
2: No, and... and uh well, I'll just put a plug in for America's Web Radio uh, right now in that if you're listening to Mike, and I hope you are, uh, if there's a lady out there, we're looking to start a new show called Left Behind. And, uh, I, you know, you're talking about uh, kids all over the world serving the country. I, I'm very well aware of that with my youngest son that's in Germany right now, at Ronsted, and uh, and his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can't forget Beauregard, the dog, but anyway, Bo. Um, but we're also looking for a lady that can appreciate because uh, another weird, or not weird, but uh, you know, the the military is not stagnant; it's changing every day, and it changed with Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And this was the first time, and we started it back when it first happened. Was that? Uh, ngs and ars were called up because we didn't have enough men and women to to really do what had to be done and uh so you have a you have a group of uh people that had volunteered raised their hand to defend and protect and with the idea that well we probably won't ever be called up but they were and that's uh Army Reserve, and the National Guard, and they have served very proudly. We have some in the the Hall of Fame, and uh, I'm sure you have some in, in Johns Creek. And those folks, they left their wives behind in suburbs which uh, active duty and you are active duty on a base, and that's all the difference in the world because you, you have, the, like my daughter-in-law, when my son is deployed, well, she has a base and the base ladies and organizations that take care of her and help her and do this and do that, whereas the NGs or ARs that left for Desert Shield or Desert Storm, they left their wives and two or three kids, or it may be that the wife was deployed and the husband stayed back with two or three kids. Right. And uh, so it, it's, it's been a, a real change, revolution in, in what we've
1: done in the military. Well, the Army Reserve and National Guard units, the, the members of those organizations come from so many different areas. Oh, yeah. you know, And uh, they don't, they're not in a small contained area like you would have on a military installation. So there's not that mindset. The, the community doesn't immediately recognize the need and step up and say, we need to, we need to form a, some type of support group for these people that are back here because a, a big part of what makes them a central family unit is not here right now. And that's, that's what we tried
2: to do on the station is to let people know that if your neighbor has been deployed, somebody still needs to change that light bulb or fix that door or do this or do that. Raise your hand to help the the ARs and NGs that their spouses have been deployed and you're the one left behind. And uh, church groups are good for that as well. Yes. So. Anyway, um, let's talk more about the wall, let's, or let's talk more about the park, too. What else is going to be in the park um, that will be an attraction, and nationally, are you all going to be promoting it uh, as well?
1: Something that we absolutely need to do. Um, I think um, Charlie Kelly, one of our members, just saw an article in the AJC that Martha McCallum on Fox News wrote a book, Oh, yeah, about uh, World War II. About World War II. Her uncle, who was a very young member of, of the group the uh, Marines that went on to Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she calls it Forgotten Valor or something like that. Uh, and it's a tribute to her uncle and what he did uh, during World War II. Um, and those are the kinds of things that we need to keep doing uh, all over, especially... You know, as we bring more people into the Johns Creek area and from outlying areas so they can come see the, the memorial that's in the park because it reaches out and it, it's, it honors all veterans from all services um, and it covers the period, like I said, from World War One through the current incursions. Um, and then part of the Johns Creek Veterans Foundation or Va- Veterans Association uh, purpose is to support units that are deployed. And, and, and see what we can do to, to provide any type of support that they that we can muster and get to them. I know there's a, a group at the uh, Alpharetta United Methodist Church that collects Oreo cookies, and they send thousands of pounds of Oreo cookies to deployed units overseas. They, they send the cow those,
2: with it? Uh,
1: pardon? Do they send the cow with it? Uh, I don't think <laughs> they send the cow, but, <laughs> you know, you got to have the milk to go with it. But, but uh, you know, those are the kind of neat things. And, and, and people don't realize how, how much those little bitty things mean. Uh, It's just like some of the school groups that we've uh, connected with that write letters every year to to thank a military service member. We send those to overseas units. We take those down to the um, Veterans Hospital for those that are in in beds there without family. And the other part is to make it more aware.
2: You know, I I have let things run over. We need to take a um, quick break, and we'll be back with... Colonel retired Mike Mazell talking about the healing wall in Johns Creek, among many other things. And I want to get back to what you were talking about uh, with Oreo cookies and, and other little things that mean so much. We'll be back right after this.
1: morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the healing wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation, ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org.
2: listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on America's Web Radio and this is uh, basically the military, Georgia Military Hall of Fame show, more or less and I always want to put a shout out and thank rick white he is a retired colonel as is uh our guest mike mazell and uh, they just do a wonderful thing and keeping those informed and mike you uh you touched me a second ago on on something that you said and uh, like i said i'm i'm i was not in vietnam but even on active duty you always appreciated that letter from home and i i and today we have Skype and we have Messenger and we have all the things on the computer that, uh, and I and I love the fact that I can talk to my son that's in Germany and uh, it's not like getting a hug from him, but it's still it's nice to see him and see that he's okay and you know whatever and whatever. I I have no idea. My dad was a, a naval commander and uh, you know it would take two and three and four weeks for a letter to get to my mother or for my mother to get a letter to my father during World War II. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, how hearing your name in, in mail call uh, is uh, probably one of the most exciting things that you can hear. Uh, I got a letter and, you uh, And it's like the little gifts of the Oreos or whatever it might be. Somebody out there is thinking about me. And uh, it's like going up to the first responders in the mall or seeing uh, someone in the airport that's uh, in their, what we used to call fatigues, uh, or in uniform or with a cap on, I'm a World War II veteran or I'm a Vietnam veteran or whatever. Just go up and thank them Mm -hmm. and or buy them a meal. It will mean a whole lot more to you than it even does to the person that you're giving it to, just because it'll make you feel good, but it'll also make them feel good and
1: feel appreciated. Yeah, I know that's uh, something I've seen a number of people doing, and it's been encouraged more with our veteran groups, the numerous veteran groups I'm in, church groups, Sunday school classes and whatnot, is, you know, when you see these first responders in there having a breakfast or a meal or something like that, just... You know, get the waitress to pull aside and say, you know, bring me bring me their tab and just tell them from a grateful neighbor, stay safe and we appreciate what you do. That goes so far. And you're talking about mail call that was you could be having the the worst week of your life somewhere overseas and mail call comes out and you get a letter from home and your whole attitude changes just instantaneously especially when sometimes when there's a little box and mama sends you some cookies or your girlfriend sends you something or you get something from the spouse or or whatever uh those that, that those cookies so those cookies may be uh, crumblies, but yeah. doesn't make any difference. You squeeze them back together and make a cookie, whatever you need to do. We've got one little group of, of ladies up in Johns Creek that meet every Wednesday morning at the Park Place Center, and they are knitters. And we approached them uh, some time back, and they started knitting skull caps and scarves. And I've got several 40-gallon bags full of those right now that we collect from these ladies. They give it out of the love of their heart and what they're doing. And uh, we'll send those to units that are deployed overseas into colder areas uh, just as a little reminder from home that somebody was, somebody was thinking about you, somebody cared about you. There was one other event that we had where uh, we had a a young man from Centennial High School who went on to West Point, and he was a second lieutenant or a first lieutenant at a combined combat base in Afghanistan. And he wrote his dad a letter and said, I am so tired of playing soccer and I'm so tired of playing cricket because they were with Australians and Brits and some others joint base. And he said, I would love to teach them to play softball. So we got that message from his dad. We went to some of the local uh, uh, shops and some of the high schools, and we gathered up enough equipment to field three softball teams. Wow. With with bats, balls, bases, the whole nine yards. And what we found out and what we have pictures of is these huge helicopters flying in from outlying areas to come to the joint base to play a a softball game. So when the when the base finished its mission and they were redeployed to the United States, the commander of that group, along with that young man, uh, brought us the flag that flew on the last day over that compound uh, at their joint base in Afghanistan. So we have that with some beautiful pictures of guys in uniform and then guys in softball gear playing softball as well. So that was that was a great thing to do. Made a made an impact on their life. You
2: know, you and I were talking about it in the lobby a minute ago, and and. This is—it's sad to me that I know we're talking to some people today that uh, don't understand, and they never will understand at this point because they're probably my age or might even be older, heaven forbid. But uh, that don't understand the the camaraderie, the acceptance, the fraternity, sorority that the military is it's the largest in the world and uh, the relationship you have and I I would venture to say I don't know the dates that you serve but I would venture to say you still got some buddies that you keep in contact with from whatever era it was and uh, this is um, you go through it and you go through it knowing that this is my little payback to a country
1: that I love well, we we tell people, and I, I remind people, sometimes I get veterans who say, you know, I don't feel like I did enough. I said, well, you know, look at it this way. There's three different groups in the military that I call them. This is the combat soldiers, the combat support, and the combat service support. And without all of those key pieces doing their part, the warfighters can't do their jobs. Whether you're a logistician back in Virginia or you're running a supply warehouse out of Arizona, you got things that you need to do to, to help the whole effort. So that's why they teach you to take the word I out very quickly. There's no I in team. You've heard that. that acronym, right. I'm sure. I was a Vietnam era soldier as well, straight out of college in 1973 uh, in, as an enlisted man. Went through OCS uh, almost a year later and got commissioned as a lieutenant. Um, and it was in the MP Corps and you're saying support groups. I still have soldiers reaching out to me that were in my company when I was a company commander back in 1979 to 81 time period. And there's been several other groups, and I know there are others like the Rangers and group that have these uh, groups as well. But just in the MP group, we have several thousand. Uh, every morning there's a gentleman over in alabama that says well well wake up and welcome the world uh, brothers and sisters it's a good mp morning and he tells us what the temperature is in bessemer alabama and then people start chiming in from all over the country saying yeah 64 and raining in california or whatever so it's kind of neat to see those and and uh, what's even more special is some of those that have now gone back to areas that we were stationed in germany for example i was there three different times so many of those communities, Mannheim and that area, has been turned back over to the German government and showing what they're doing to destroy some of the buildings and stuff there, what their what their plans are for that. It was kind of Were neat. you in, uh, ever in Kaiserslautern? Uh, Kaiserslautern's just up the road a little piece, but no, I did go down there to the Air Force bases. Yeah. That, that's where my son is. I was in Mannheim and Heidelberg three different times. Wow. Uh, phenomenal area. But uh, I, I've had soldiers reach out to me and, and tell me that that was probably the, the most impactful and the most meaningful part of their life was when they were an MP serving in Germany, supporting the troops. You know, the moniker of the MPs is of the troops and for the troops because we are soldiers as well. Sure, well, so uh, we, but we do we deal with that community just like our local police officers deal have to deal with our civilian communities back here.
2: What's the old saying
1: in the army? Everybody is a soldier. Everybody is infantry. Yeah, basic infantry. You always yeah. are. Yeah. You learn that first, and then you become specialized.
2: And it's uh, – I, I I'll spit out here that, again, I think everybody should serve in some capacity one way or the other. And if you're a, a high school student going into college or a college student coming out of college, think about the military. It's – you know, people in – days past had such a bad taste but it is it is a great occupation and you will learn things that you had no idea about and I I mentioned this to Rick White the other day Did um, I see things, I'm, I'm 73 years old, it's been a long time since I was at Fort Ord uh, but and you went through, we all went through BASIC and AIT and all this and why in the hell are we doing that? That's about it. But the military has a rhyme and a reason for doing almost everything. And it may take a year. Like a, I'm so dumb it took me years to realize what a psychology class you're going through when you're in the military. And uh, there's, like I said, there's a rhyme and a reason for it. And a lot of boys become men. And... Uh, I I salute the military. I, I can only speak for the army. I wasn't in the navy or marines or anything else. I was just in the army. But I look back on it, and uh, what
1: an experience! Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time. I said, look, if you get through high school and or and decide not to go to college or technical school, and you really don't know what you want to do with yourself, this is a fantastic way for you to mature to, to see the world on Uncle Sam's nickel. Uh, be a productive part of, of of something bigger than yourself. Learn that it's uh, more than just about self anymore. Uh, and then you learn going from that that even though you may get out before you retire, even after you retire, uh, you, you take the uniform off, but you never break the oath that you took when you started. It doesn't go away. That oath is going to be there for with you for the rest of your life. There's so still it's OD in your bloodstream. It's there. I guarantee you every soldier that you could approach right now could could probably repeat that oath right now and tell you exactly what it was and what it means to them. And that's what it's all about, service to, service to others. And we take that with us into our communities when we do that now and to try to find better ways to support our communities every day. And I'd love to see more veterans, especially up here in North Fulton, get involved. Uh, I think I mentioned to you one on a show previously that the 2012 census – uh, up in North, the full North Fulton communities identified over 15,000 veterans back in 2012. Well, we're eight years later, and I know there are a lot more veterans in those because I've met some of them at Newtown Park at the memorial uh, that have moved into the area. I just met a Navy uh, uh, doctor uh, yesterday whose uh, wife, her father's from Texas, and he followed them from Texas to Georgia. So he's now living up in the coming area. He's a Vietnam Marine uh vietnam era a marine that served and uh you know it's important that we find those and get them connected into the various groups that are around here so that brings it back that brings back that camaraderie that that special feeling and like you said it's that it's a special group that the minute you walk in the door you're connected you're one of the guys one of the gals and that's that's what's so important and so unique about military service and I've
2: mentioned the name many times, and uh, General Dix and I do a show together on Monday at 1 o'clock. And uh, General Dix, and again, only somebody that's been in the military would appreciate that. I I personally, as an E-5, never thought that I'd be sitting at a table with a general and, and talking to him, not disrespectfully by any means, but just, just having fun, chatting and kidding each other, and he is just... A wonderful wonderful person and he's doing and going to be doing some great great things for for vets and homeless vets and uh, we'll be talking about that in the near future but you know there's a i told uh colonel mazel a minute ago that there's one out of four homeless or street people are, are veterans and um uh, Folks, you got to help us do something about that. And there are plans of people working. Uh, a lady named Frankie Holbrook has uh, Shine His Light Ministry, and she's out talking to these vets uh, day in and day out on the streets at all hours of the day and night. And uh, uh, Frankie has her own foundation, and uh, if you can afford to give anything, it would be appreciated by... Uh, by what she's doing to spread the word and help the help the veterans that need help. And you know, I would say the one thing that has been spotlighted and I know Birdwell is quite involved with this, uh, but has been spotlighted and yet I I I really don't and I've been working with it. We used to do a show on PTSD but there's always been PTSD. Uh, Every since, revolu- ever since a bullet went whizzing by your head, that'll get your attention, and and uh, you thank God that it didn't hit you in the head. But it can cause all sorts of kind of mental traumas with
1: folks. Yeah, and, uh, the brain, brain's a, an amazing thing and, and uh, through our eyes we see stuff and it's like taking a picture and you tuck it away in a file and some of us are more adept at, at handling those files as we get older and some of us aren't and that's where it's become the PTSD is the issue now or, or traumatic brain injury now. Um, it used to be shell shock or battle fatigue, You're called by different names and I've had World War II vets and names. Korean vets saying, you know, i'm finally beginning to understand why i felt the way i did all those years it was ptsd sure just, nobody had ever diagnosed it back during my time but um i've gone to work with the birdwell foundation as the executive vice president here in georgia for the ptsd foundation and our focus now is getting more units uh that support veterans in their various communities we're in about seven or eight different communities right now and growing uh in north in the north georgia area and uh Part of that is to find other organizations, and, and maybe from the Burgwell Foundation I can do more of this as become a clearinghouse. When I Googled PTSD the first time, I had over 100,000 hits all over the country, all these different organizations, different people wanting to do so much for veterans in these issues, and I really appreciate that. But what is central to this is a clearinghouse that can coordinate efforts among these different groups. We don't all have to go out and reinvent the wheel and all do all the same stuff. If we specialize in doing certain things, we find other groups that can provide medical equipment that can go in and refurbish someone's house to make it more uh, accessible for them, Um, help them with their benefits. We've got Dr. Tom Poston up in the uh, Cartersville area working with about 65 veterans right now, the largest group, support group. Uh, helping them put their paperwork in and get that paperwork done and a fantastic shout out to Rita Barnhart up in Canton from the state of Georgia Veterans Office. She is an amazing lady. Uh, she can work you through and help you get your paperwork done. I just had my uh, my uh, uh, disability packet reevaluated, and they start to finish with less than 90 days and that's unheard of but she did it and she was great at it and the Tom Poston is doing the same thing for a lot of other vets in those areas. So we've got a group of about 65 up in cartersville we're opening a, a group in rome that's what's so important you go through some training and treatment programs for ptsd with the va or or some of the other hospital units and stuff but there's not from what i've been able to find out there's not a lot of follow-up and that's where the birdwell foundation puts these groups together in these different cities they're run by combat veterans so that in many cases the person that that veteran is now having to deal with is a combat veteran who's been there and done that So there's that instant link that works so well. And then it's every week that opportunity to meet together and check on one another to see where you are, what is it you need, and how can we help you. We hope to take that all over the state of Georgia, work other relationships with Warriors to Citizens and uh, Doc Attaway and his group from the 75th Rangers and others as well uh, to find out how we can share the wealth, share the assets that we have, uh, the capabilities that we have. Uh, As Ronald Reagan said, you know, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. We're all in this for the same reason is to help the vets and the first responders. That's what's critical.
2: And with that, we're going to take a uh, short break. We'll be back on America's Web Radio with retired Colonel Mike Mazzell. We'll be right back.
0: The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not...
1: Yeah. you' listening first and foremost I am so appreciative of what American web radio is doing they, they reach out and reach to such a huge community and and keep so many veterans connected and it's this, this more of what we need to do and, and Dave, thank you personally for having me and other representatives of the military community on I know Colonel Rick white is a great friend of mine and and uh, with the hall of fame and he's also a member of the johns creek veterans association lives up in our, in our area up there but uh, uh, we're working very closely together on a number of things to just to make life better for veterans in general and we really appreciate what you and this radio station are doing to promote that
2: well it's it's our pleasure and it means i, I you know it's sort of like uh, buying the meal in the airport um i get a lot more out of it than uh than I give and I would like to give much much more and uh, with that being said uh, whoever's listening if they want to reach out to us and have any suggestions about shows or anything else that we can do or uh, information that they might need just contact me at David at America's Web Radio and uh, we'll get somebody on it here at the station doing whatever needs to be done and, and not,
1: not only to, to support it, it We're looking for sponsors and donors for the the Johns Creek Veterans Association to support our program as well, but also with the Birdwell Foundation. We're having a huge gala on the 16th of October um, to support our efforts here in Georgia. The money that comes here will stay in Georgia, so we're looking for some recurring sponsors. Our benefactor, Gene Birdwell, has been very blessed by God and, and has a number of businesses that give him the capability to by and large, support entirely the functions that are going on now in eight states. Uh, I was just looking at some numbers. L- last year in Georgia alone, we represented and made contacts with over 1,600 veterans here in Georgia. We have over 700 veterans involved in about eight different or nine different groups now that we've set up in some of the North Georgia communities, including a new group that we just started in Columbus uh, with the the, the units that are down there. And we're also starting a a military, uh, a women's sexual trauma group in the columbus area as well going forward and then we also have a a group that's dedicated to support of family members impacted by uh, family members who have ptsd because if if you've got a veteran that has ptsd a first responder then you've got a family that's involved as well a mom or a dad depending on the situation is trying to hold the thing together and i i see it as our responsibility there is to help them get their feet solidly back on the ground that's what we owe them from from their communities the birdwell foundation supported over 10,000 veterans in eight states last year alone and we did that mostly through with with contributions that some contributions outside but mostly from from what gene was able to put through from his companies so we're looking for sponsors now that will come on board with us on an annual recurring basis so we can continue to expand these programs you know right here in georgia we have over 700,000 veterans in georgia alone i think it's one of the top four states where young men and women enter enter the service and saying that Less than 2%, and people out there need to realize this, less than 2% of Americans will ever put on a uniform and serve this nation. And it's because of their duty, their sacrifices, and what they commit to do that you have the freedom that you have and that you enjoy. And I think the schools don't do us a service anymore. They don't really publish and put forward that message to our young people to know what their history really was and what it meant and what the sacrifices that, that have been made.
2: You know, Mike. If I can add one thing to that, and and we touched on it earlier, it's not just that one person or the one percent or two percent that join. It's their whole family. Sure. I know. You know, it was. It's so much different from when. And I, I, I wouldn't alight my parents' eyes when my dad was in World War II. I wouldn't even have thought. Uh, but shortly thereafter. Uh, As soon as he got back, anyway. But the point being is that it's like if you have a member that is... It doesn't matter whether they're first responders or military, whatever it is. One shape, form, or fashion or another, they're putting their life on the line for you and me. Every night that we go to bed or go to bed, well, you've got somebody out there protecting us and doing things that... I don't want to go in a dark warehouse and see what's on the other side of the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. But And I don't want to be in a foxhole either. I've been there, done that, and I'm not real, you know, that's not one of my things I raise my hand for. I much prefer my bed. But we got to realize and people have to realize it's the whole family that serves. When, when you raise your right hand and uh, protect and defend... You say that you give the oath and you take the oath, and you're committing your family to the to the same thing. And they're going to miss you. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to miss kids growing up. You're going to miss a thousand and one things. But you've made the choice that you love your country and you love your city or state or whatever it is that you're defending,
1: and that affects everybody that's involved with you. Well, you 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 say that. Uh that you love it all because you do and it's you see the things it's given you a lot of people will go in the military because they don't want to know, they don't know what they want to do the rest of their life and then they get in the military and they find a great career great skill sets and they stay for a long time others go in and, and uh, you know you come out as a, as a mechanic and you know you can find a great job in some of the the, the automotive shops and stuff around here or you go in the medical field or, or legal practices all those things that are in your regular community are there in the military just under a different set of rules and expectations Uh, But every one of them, and I say this to all of my veteran friends out there, whether you are a combat veteran or not, you're a veteran. You're a veteran first and foremost. You raised your hand. You took the same oath. You signed the same blank check that every other military veteran member did. God had a different plan for you, and that's why you came home and you're still here to talk with us. And we've lost so many in so many events uh, around the world that we need to remember those. And this installation of the wall in Johns Creek, I'm just so excited about being able to do that for the community and the veteran communities all of North Georgia. Uh, We've even had some inquiries from out-of-state people saying, We hear that the wall is coming to Georgia. So, yes, it is. It's permanently coming to Georgia, and it's going to stay here. So uh, we're we're glad that we can bring that and then present it to our communities.
2: And I expect you, whoever's listening, to go take a look at the wall. And um, when you do that, be sure and bring names of your friends and loved ones that may have per- participated in Vietnam in one shape, form, or fashion. And uh, maybe they came back, or maybe they didn't, and they're honored on the wall. And I, I, I think this, the the name, Healing Wall, is fantastic in that. There was a lot of uh, sores and a lot of uh, resentment and un-Americanism. And uh, a lot of things happened here in Vietnam, and our kids don't know about it. And like you said, uh, our public schools and our public education have uh, let us down. But it's it was a... a different time a different place and uh, you know I, i've said this before and correct me if i'm if i'm off on a on a tangent someplace but you know in some ways we had the expectation that uh or i look at world war ii as quote unquote somewhat of a clean gentleman's war still and that you had you had this side over here, and you had our side over here, and you had their planes, our planes, and you know it was sort of a you could tell who the enemy was a lot of times. But in Vietnam, we not only had the enemy in Vietnam, but we also had the enemy at home, and uh, it was just a totally different kind of situation that uh, our country had never lived through, and uh, the shame of the public in. It was disgraceful the way they treated... Men and women coming back from Vietnam
1: in the '60s and '70s, that yeah, was very tough on on veterans coming in anywhere. It didn't matter whether you were coming home from Vietnam or not. If you were just wearing a uniform, you were you were a target for for hate groups, and that's, that's really sad. Uh, I, I I can recall that uh, there were times of saying if you were flying in uh, when you first get there, go into the restroom and change into some civvies. get out yeah. of the uniform as soon as possible, so you just don't have to deal with those confrontations. Um, so it was uh, it was a tough time and and this is just part of an effort to say to those veterans welcome home thank you for your service and to the 53,000 names on there thank the families for the sacrifice made by those veteran service members as well uh
2: Roger's story Roger Wise's story of the of the mother and son yeah uh that that, that tears your heart out.
1: That, that that brings it home. That makes it really real. What, what Dave is referring to for the audience's uh, benefit is when we had the wall that heals on the, up in Johns Creek at the in Newtown Park at, back in uh, March and April of 2017, there was a mother there during the day, and uh, she had a young man with him. And I say young man, I'm 70 years old. Everything's younger than we are these days. <laughs> but uh, she had a young man with him. He's in his 40s, maybe early 50s. I'm not sure. But uh, he was kneeling down, and he was mumbling something, you know, like he was talking to the wall himself. And, and the lady stopped Mr. Wise and said, can you wait just a minute? I want to introduce you to my son. So a couple of minutes went by, and the young man stood up. And as he turned around, you know, tears running down in front of his face, he said, Mr. Wise, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for bringing the wall here because I met my dad today. You see, when my mom... Uh, Before I was born, when my dad deployed to Vietnam, my mom was three months pregnant with me. And then my dad was killed shortly after he got to Vietnam and came home in a flag-draped coffin. So I never got to meet my dad. I met my dad for the first time today. And that's the kind of of things that that will just... You know, bring tears and bring bring cause for thought about the sacrifices that the family members make when when people put on the uniform and go overseas. We had two guys that came in the middle of the night at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, one walked up and looked at the other one and says, I think I know you. And the guy looked at him and says, yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. And then the guy started giving him dates, locations, and units in Vietnam. And it turns out these guys were assigned to the same platoon, same infantry platoon in Vietnam, Hadn't seen one other since like 68 or 69 time frame. One lives in Milton, one lives in Johns Creek. They met at the wall. So that healing process helped for them. And I mean, you know, the difference, you could just see the light in their faces come on as, you know, the, here's an old friend, someone I hadn't seen or talked to. And it's like time stood still. It's like they immediately were right back to that same camaraderie, uh, that same friendship that they developed back in the 60s was right there. At, regardless of the span of 40 or 50 years that that had passed in between simply amazing and that's that's part of what we think will will happen in Johns Creek to the veterans for North Georgia and the area as well
2: Mike you're uh if you don't mind me calling you Mike sure. Sir, I, I was taught to call you Sir, but it's <laughs> Michael or hey you or whatever <laughs> yes no you have done a, a fantastic job, and I appreciate you coming on again today, and we're gonna support the wall every just as long as traffic doesn't get bad in my neighborhood yeah, you know? yeah. but no we we will be supporting the wall any way that we can, and you know the people that are listening. I've got to put a plug in for uh, uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you have any idea of coming to Atlanta for a vacation or bringing your family here for a weekend if you're close or whatever you're planning on doing, there's downtown there is the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame that a must-go-to. Now, You need to be there on a... They're not open on the weekends. They're only open Monday through Friday. So work it into your schedule that you can be down there Monday through Friday at some point or the other. And then you've got to put Johns Creek on your agenda as well. And I also want to mention uh, Peachtree City um, that has their um, memorial to veterans. And North Georgia... I don't know, I mean, I obviously you don't know what's going on in every state in the Union, but I don't know of any other state and and number of communities that are honoring the veterans like uh, North Fulton County and the the cities there, Uh, Johns Creek being one, Peachtree City being another, and... Who knows what's going to happen day after tomorrow?
1: I just met with General Banks and the group over in Cobb County that are that are planning a memorial in Cobb County as well. It's mm. going to be a beautiful thing. Um, they were looking for ideas and, you know, to find out from us, you know, what did you do to get around all of the, the requirements, the, the rigidness in some of the communities and stuff. So I, I, I commend General Banks and his group over in Cobb County for what they're preparing. It's going to be quite a remarkable uh, uh, monument as well.
2: And I... Uh, as Mike and I were talking earlier. I, I would like to see, and I'm not starting anything because, one, I couldn't afford it, but, two, uh, if you don't know what a dust-off is, I guarantee you any any Vietnam veteran knows what. Thum, 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 and that's the Huey coming to pick them up if they've been wounded, and that's a dust-off pilot that has... <laughs> I don't think I've ever met one that has any regard for their own safety. Uh, they, uh, they, they're they mental cases. They have to be able to put everything aside except for going and getting that wounded person. And I I think there should be a gigantic memorial for dust-off pilots and uh, nurses and any of the – and, oh, I wanted to say one other thing. That uh, when I was back in the era, um, I was very misled, and I, I can't really express what I thought about him at the time, but conscientious objectors, I thought, well, what a bunch of, you know, they won't even go into the be brave and heroic like I was and went into the National Guard which was a joke, but uh, for me anyway, but, you know, we had the term conscientious objectors, and the fact of the matter is, and I think there's, uh, I I can't remember what Rick has told me, but there are a number of them that are in the the Hall of Fame, Uh, they served without weapons, but many of them went to Fort Sam and became medics, and uh, outstanding medics and they it, they were not cowards they were they just had their beliefs and now the older I get the more I respect their beliefs and why they did what they did but they were many many of the conscientious objectors turned out being medics and sacrificing their lives to save many others and I don't know maybe you know is there any any kind of Honorarium or any kind of uh, memorial to, uh,
1: to medics? Well, we're actually at, at Johns Creek Veterans Association in our memorial park. We have space for three more memorials. We have ten in there now, starting with World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, POWs, MIAs, uh, one dedicated entirely to women that served in the military. But we have plans somewhere down the road, if we were able to raise the funds, that we would also like to have one for military chaplains a separate plaza just for them, a separate plaza for combat medics, as we've discussed, and then also one for military, military working dogs. Um, that would give us 13 uh, plazas to go along with our water display plus the gazebo and now the 240-foot-long wall that will be in, in uh, when we have the ribbon-cutting ceremony on the 20th of March. Uh, but, yeah, that's exactly right. And then uh, for the dust-offs, I don't know, maybe that was something that we could get one of the other veterans associations or veterans groups to do. I know that American Legion Post 201 has uh, some military aircraft up on some huge uh, pylons that, that are displayed, a, a jet, and then there is a helicopter there as well, so maybe we could come up with a program to do some type of dedication memorial, placard, or something dedicated to the dust-off pilots and uh, put that over there, because they have the space for it. It would be really great to do.
2: They were incredible. And, uh, unfortunately, used again in uh, Desert Storm and Desert Shield. And, and again, incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta make one last comment, and then we're gonna have to put the plug in the jug and get out of here pretty quickly but uh as a company commander um there's always one one person over you, and you mentioned mentioning them uh, in passing just a second ago mm-hmm. that chaplain and I don't mean literally over you you may be uh you may be the uh colonel in charge but that chaplain captain he's got some power that is unbelievable
1: well, a lot of times we say he's got a, that's our direct line to god so uh, you know we always ask for blessings before and 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 blessings of thank you after the fact as well too so they're they are so instrumental we want to use the uh, uh, during world war 2 there was the i think it was the uss dorchester that was sunk in the it was a troop carrier and it was going across it was shot by a u-boat and it sank and the chaplains uh took off their vests they helped people get into life rafts and then as the boat was sinking they were standing there arm in arm singing singing hymns and all all four of them or five of them lost their lives uh that day in that event so yeah that, that that would be a very footing uh fitting uh moniker to have on the on the on the granite that we put up in there for those recognizing those chaplains and the, all that they do uh i understand it's a uh, gotten a little bit difficult for chaplains in the military service these days with all the political correctnesses out there.
2: Oh yeah, but uh, you know, I I learned the power of the chaplain uh, coming out of uh, AIT as a matter of fact, and my hometown had been uh, hit by a tornado and uh, my company commander wouldn't give me a three day early out, but it was amazing how fast I was on that plane after I talked to the chaplain. And... uh, they uh they serve an incredible purpose and they're incredible people too because they're not just they're not just one faith. Uh they practice all faiths really Correct. in many ways. So, with that being said, we gotta get out of here, put the plug in the jug and uh wrap una- up another uh, discussion of Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and uh uh, We're honored that uh, Mike Mazzell would take the time to come over and be with us today and, and talk about the Healing Wall. And uh, I well, guess it wouldn't be too far afield to say we'll
1: invite the United States to hey, come to the Healing Wall. Come see the wall. The wall has come home to Georgia March 28th. That's a Saturday. Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Johns Creek in Newtown Park. We'd love to see you there. And uh, they might
2: even get to see some of America's web radio there. If we're invited, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you all next week on America's Web Radio. Thanks for tuning in.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.